You're listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. By listening or downloading this podcast, you are supporting Let's Talk Trio. Be sure to share the link to your favorite episodes on your social media sites or via email. We'd like to recognize our new podcast home, podbean.com. Unlimited audio files and a website makes this easier for our programs to be shared on social media sites. Let's Talk Trio has a home in Podbean as a website and for all of our future episodes. Check out podcast content on podbean.com and be sure to like our Facebook page. This segment of the program, underwritten by the Council of Opportunity and Education, the Council of Opportunity and Education, also known as COE, is a nonprofit organization established in 1981 dedicated to furthering the expansion of college opportunities for low income, first generation students, and students with disabilities in all 50 states Washington, D.C., the Pacific Islands, and Puerto Rico. Learn more by visiting their website, www.coenet.org. For our interview today, I'd like to welcome Daniela Garcia, recruiter for the New Mexico National Guard Youth Challenge Academy. Daniela is a TRIO alum from the Upward Bound program at Eastern New Mexico University Roswell and the Student Support Services program at Eastern New Mexico University main campus. She's also a former TRIO staff for the Upward Bound program at Eastern New Mexico University. Daniela holds a degree in Bachelor of Arts in Spanish and a minor in Graphic Design from Eastern New Mexico University. So I'm going to just start off, like, how you been? I've been doing good, just coming back home and living with the family and adjusting to a different, oh my gosh, um, way of living, I guess, because I was used to, you know, living in a very small town of Portales and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody being really close to one another and, mm-hmm. um, having friends become family and coming back and actually having my family around is kind of different just because um, I'm not used to going out and doing my own thing. I have to make sure all my ducks are aligned with my family and that everything's in order. So and helping out with the family chores of the right. sitting. <laughs> I know that that can be kind of frustrating uh, coming, well, not frustrating, but more, uh, it, it's a big change, especially if you're moving back in with family or coming back to a community that is uh, where your family is at, that that can be certainly a, a different change. Yeah, for sure, because it's like, it's a culture change. It's like, mm-hmm. I mean, I spent, what, I, I want to say 11, 12 years in Portales, and, you know, I went to college and then transitioned into, you know, working, mm-hmm. and just becoming like a, you know adjust, being adjusted to that culture and that lifestyle and coming back you know home to a different type of culture um, you know even though I was, I was used to it but now it's more every on an everyday basis and um, life changes and like having to adjust to you know things that you know I didn't have to do when I was at home or right. back in Patales. right so when you moved out, 
from Roswell, you were still uh, transitioning from high school to college, right? Yes. Uh, when I left Roswell, I was about 19 years old. So I had already spent a year here in Roswell uh, at the community college, mm-hmm. and um, I saw um, different opportunities that, you know, I was uh, participating in student support services and they had taken us, you know, to, um, Portales to view the campus and, you know, just to explore new opportunities out there there for us. And so, and I really did like it because, you know, it it wasn't too far from home because I can be able to travel home when I needed to. And, um, when I left, I decided, now, it was something I needed to do with myself. I needed to uh, break away from the family um, because it was just too much. Like it, I had, you know, grew up um, with you know a single parent and having two other siblings at home, and mm-hmm. it just got intense for a little bit. So it was time for me to spread my wings, and I said, yeah. you know, I'd give it a chance and try new things, and um, I was like. Why, why not give Patalis a shot? You know, it's small. There's nothing yeah. too big. I'm not going to get lost um, in the big crowd of a bigger city. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. And I ended up leaving with a cousin to Patalis and I never looked back until this last year. That must have been a, a, a different cultural change for you, right? Uh, how, was the, how was that experience moving from Roswell to Portales? Oh my gosh, it was, it was that way in itself, you know, being 19, that was a culture shock. Just, it was at, learning how to be independent, having to do things on my own, like, and it was just like, how am I going to do this? Like, uh, you know, I never moved out of the house before, you know, my mom pretty much did everything for us growing up, even though we had our chores around the house this time around, I had to do everything on my own. So moving to Portales was just the culture shock just on being able to live on my own, but at the same time, I was going to have to make new friends. How am I going to adjust or or be able to communicate with, you know, these different college kids from all over? Uh, How how am I going to talk to them? I I have no idea what to even say to these people. I'm thinking oh, these um, college students were at a higher level than I was. They were smart and, you know, mm-hmm. they already knew how to maneuver around college. And I was like, how am I going to this? You know, mm-hmm. um, I just so happened, you know, walked down into the alley where, you know, student support services was at. And uh, we told them, you know, hey, you know, we just transferred over from Amy Roswell. Uh, we were with student support services over there. Um, is there something like that here in Portales? And so they said, sure enough, yeah, yeah, welcome. You know, you guys are already family. All we need to do is just, you know, fill out this application and we can transfer, transition you over here to Portales. And we're like, and I, I was yeah. so happy to be with my at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're like, we got excited just because, that was pretty much our first little connection that we were able to make when we were in Portales. Yeah, and, that's awesome. You know, welcomed us with open arms. They, you know, introduced us to the staff, and we walked around down in the alley, looking around, and 
just, you know, listening to what all the services they were able to provide for us and, you know, telling us that, you know, if we ever needed any help or just we were lonely and needed somebody to come talk to for us to just come down and, you know, talk to the staff or to our, um, our mentor, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, just to, to feel comfortable, not to be afraid not to go down there and talk to somebody. Yeah, I think that really builds confidence, right? When the trio staff are able to talk to students and kind of make them feel comfortable, let them know, like, hey, you have community here as well, huh? Yes, it was like, I was like, I was so afraid. I was like, I, you know, these people didn't even know who I was. And, you know, I just, just even the simple fact that, that you know, saying trio, um, it was an instant connection, you know, family bonds mm-hmm. was created. And learning years later what, you know, what trio man, what you can make so many connections and uh, just with the simple word, um, you already made an instant friend right then and there. Right. So just for the listeners, we are talking with Daniela Garcia, who is the recruiter for the New Mexico National Guard Youth Challenge Academy. Uh, we we're just kind of talking about our own trio experiences, and uh, she's shared about how uh, moving from at Roswell to Portales and how that was a whole cultural shift. So, um, Daniela, I just want to kind of start off uh, with this program is uh, how did you get involved with TRIO in the first place? What was kind of the first thing or the first program that you got involved with? Oh, my goodness. I was a little thing in high school. Um, I was a freshman in high school. Uh, my mom had just started community college at uh, the Indian Roswell branch. And she so happened to run into um, one of the staff members from Upper Bound. And, you know, they explained what the program was about. And she was like, I have to put my daughter in there. She goes, neither I or my husband ever went to college. I don't even know the first thing that I need to do. You know, she had just started um, on working on an associate's degree. And she goes, I barely even know what I'm doing. So, um she asked, what do I need to do to get my daughter and, you know, signed up. So she met with, uh, then the coordinator, her name was Natalie Martinez. Mm-hmm. Um, now she's the director. She met with her to speak about all the paperwork and, um, I got signed up and my mom told me about it and I'm like, okay, <laughs> I don't know if this is true or not, I guess. So give me something to do. <laughs> right. And so, um, I started with a program my freshman year of high school, uh, I went to Saturday meetings, went to my first summer program. We went to um, Denver, took, um, toured around the colleges out there. Actually, I went to visit CSU. Uh, that was the first college I actually went to that was really? out of state. Oh, wow. And I just remember crying at the that end of that week of the summer trip because I was ready to come home. Oh. <laughs> And so, but yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, CSC was the first college, or the last college we got to go see when we were in, um, Colorado, in Colorado. And Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a little, it's pretty cool. I didn't think about it to this now. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, it was upper bound. I spent all four years. Um, I actually had, you know, opportunities to have leadership uh, within the program. Um, I represented my high school, uh, so if anybody had issues, you know, I, they were able to, you know, talk to me, and we got to voice it during our little student council um, meetings that we had, 
there um, on our Saturday meeting. But it was I enjoyed it. I loved it and uh, had new experiences with them. And I, I don't know, from then I was said, you know what, I'm going to work for Upper Bound. I'm going to be a director one day. And so, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to work for Upper Bound. I don't know what I need to do, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, it just, <laughs> so it just stuck with me for like, forever and a day that I wanted to do like some type of service like that. Because mm-hmm. I loved how it just gave back to young um, adults or young or young teens growing up to become adults because um, you know somebody was looking out for us that you know wanted to help us grow and right. and introduce college to us so so here's my next question to you uh, it's gonna go a little bit off script but it's still related to your own experiences uh, with the tree upward bound program uh, you said that you wanted to work for trio programs can you tell us a little bit what you did before you joined trio as a staff member um what i did a little bit before um was in college i mean i had a little bit of experience in different areas um Mm -hmm. in college i worked for you know the multicultural department there at eastern Um, i worked for hispanic affairs uh, in particular um, you know, we would host events, you know, bring in, you know, the student body and um, introduce different topics about the Hispanic culture and we'll host banquets, things like that. Once I was um, completed with that, after my bachelor's degree and completed uh, working with them, I transitioned into being a college recruiter mm-hmm. there for Eastern for mm-hmm. about three and a half years. So I got to travel all over the the state and meet, you know, teens that were interested in college and right. just looking at how much of a need even to just even talk to um, students that were, you know, in low-income um, first-generation schools because a lot of the schools that I would visit, you know, some of them never even heard of college or this will be their first time going to college and, mm. you know, just being able to talk about, you know, the university I attended and my experience and letting them know, you know, me as a first generation student myself, I totally understood where they were coming from that letting them know that it is okay uh, to go to college right. and experience new things. And uh, once they got to Eastern I would introduce them. I was like, once you get there, you know, there's, you know, different services that, you know, can help you. But for sure, it was into uh, student support services that it, it's an amazing program and you know you'll greatly benefit from it and a lot of you know kids would you know get happy knowing that you know there's something out there that can be able to help them and adjust to the college life yeah absolutely i think it's important for students to recognize that there are a lot of, a lot of resources at a campus to really help them out uh, so let me kind of throw you back uh, back in high school, so kind of r- reminding right, you were a freshman. Was college something yeah. always you thought about? Um, yes and no. Um, okay. Was, I the reason why I say yes and no is because I never really even thought college was possible for myself because I didn't ever thought I was like the smartest kid, and I didn't think it was possible. But mm-hmm. I knew it was because my dad told me when. I was younger, you know, he ended up passing away when I was uh, 11, but he always instilled in me, like, you know, 
And he goes, Miha, he goes, daughter, you know, I want you to go to school. I want you to get educated. He goes, I want you to be smarter than me because I only went to the third grade. And, mm. you know, telling an 11 year old that, you're like, what are that? I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. And so, but he always said I had to finish school and to be educated and to be able to support myself because mm-hmm. I couldn't depend on anyone else to do do that for me. And um, I was like, okay, you got to know what that means. You know, I'm still young, so I'm starting to process this. Mm-hmm. And so while I was in, you know, an upper bound, we started, you know, introducing colleges and, you know, scholarships and how to pay for this and what, you know, what college could offer me in the long run. Right. And I was like, you know, I think I could do this. Like, uh, they just, you know, kept pushing me and pushing me. And then, you know, pushing me through the, uh, the, the tunnels of, you know, you know, applying for colleges, applying for scholarships, mm-hmm. and realizing that, you know, you know, this is possible, you know, um, I think I could do this, you know, it was just, you know, taking it one step at a time, and, you know, they did recommend, you know, Daniela, you know, if you're not ready for a four-year college, try the community college first. And then you can transition into the four-year school mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable doing it that route. Yeah. And so I started, you know, my first year there in here in Roswell. And then later, you know, feeling comfortable enough to, and the confidence enough to say, hey, you know, I, I can go to a four-year college. Yeah, awesome. So what were some of those challenges that you, the challenges that you faced as a student? So let me rephrase that. What were some of the challenges you faced as a student uh, while before you joined Upper Bound? Um, reading. Like I had a hard time reading and um, the whole comprehension of it. It was just I struggled even just within communicating um, to others. I would always use um, my younger brother um, as a crutch. I would always, you know, have him communicate for me, and so. But since we were in two separate grades, I always struggled because I had to speak up for myself, but I was, wasn't was understanding the material because he was always the one reading for me. Mm-hmm. And so eventually um, they started testing me and um, realizing that I had, you know, um, some disabilities and that I had, especially in my comprehension and um, reading and my speech was not where I was supposed to be. So I started, you know, um, having, you know, speech therapy and I had to get um, tutors just to help me to help me and, um, just to be able to read a basic book. Mm-hmm. And so and he was, you know, my brother was there the whole time, but at the same time, uh, my mom ended up having to find, you know, resources for me to be able to get help in my speech and mm-hmm. um, my reading. And it seems like you've done an excellent job to not only find those resources, but take advantage of them to uh, be where you are. Uh, then, so you've made the transition from uh, going from a multicultural coordinator to a recruiter, and uh, you used to work for the ENMU Upward Bound program because we both worked together on that one. Um, how was your? Ex- oh, go ahead. No right. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry. So tell us a little bit about your experience uh, those years. What what did you enjoy? What did you like? And um, how do you continue inspiring students? Oh my God, I it was the what? Uh, oh, oh my God, it was a rude awakening. That's what it was like. You know, I had you know truly 
um, didn't realize how much of a influence that, you know, the upper bound staff actually made to students. Because, I mean, you know, I was a student looking up to these adults, and now I was the adult that they were looking up to. And, you know, I just had, you know, a great support system, you know, working. I enjoyed working with you, and, you know, I grew up as a, a staff member, but, you know, the things that I liked was being able to introduce um, colleges to different students and being able to have them understand that, mm-hmm. you know, they'll be able to accomplish goals and be able to grow as a student and, um, well, have more confidence within themselves and Absolutely. being able to be a resource um, to them because a lot of them didn't know or their parents didn't know how to even help them to simply even fill out um, the simple form of a FAFSA form and, right. you know, or being able to ask questions to the financial aid office or to an admissions office. You know, they didn't, even then, the, the students themselves didn't even know those what to even ask and um, being able to help them and guide them through the process was pretty neat and um, it's kind of cool because the first uh, bridge class that I worked with uh, they're actually starting they're barely graduating or getting their bachelor's degree now so it's pretty it's pretty cool to see them uh, (laughs) go to college and graduate because it makes me feel I'm like I feel uh oh, but it feels, wow. <laughs> right? It, it makes I'm you like, feel, yeah. Go ahead. I, I see, uh, I just see them and I'm like, you're making me feel old because I remember them those first days and I was just like, you're going to do this, you're going you're gonna to strive, you know, um, you could, I don't know, like, you could do it. It's going to fly by quick and like, yeah. Like, I talked to them a couple of years later into it. They're like, this is taking forever. And I'm like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I could totally agree. Yeah. So I'm like, that's it. But now that I'm, it's like, they're on their last year getting their bachelor's degree. And yeah. more likely they walk today because um, a lot of the colleges are graduating. So yeah, they are. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy, right? We So we... Uh, so just for the audience, so for them to know, Daniela and I worked with the Eastern New Mexico University Upward Bound Program as staff members, both of us coming from trio backgrounds. And it's still like I see on Facebook when uh, certain students post that they're graduating and it blows my mind about how like how fast it's gone. Right. I can totally agree. I just I remember some of these freshmen even graduating high school. This is their senior year. And I'm like. You can't be graduated. I seriously saw you in your freshman year. <laughs> you're a small, scrawny little right. guy or a girl. And I, the stories they would tell me, and I'm like, it was just, it just mind-blowing that, like, they would just tease me about, like, Danielle, you have to get married. You know, you have to have kids. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> They're like, I want to babysit. And I'm like, you Oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. You guys are, you guys don't need to be worried about my personal life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and no. so, and I see them, you know, just growing up to becoming, oh my gosh, young men that and women that are going to college has, some have already, like, already completed at least their first year of college mm-hmm. while still in high school. And it just makes me so proud to see them, you know, 
yeah. accomplishing goals. Like it is Absolutely, crazy. I agree. You know, I think we did, you know, a pretty good job with a lot of them. I think we did too. I think uh, the work that we put in for Upward Bound has been worthwhile. And I think uh, seeing you work with Trio and how much the students gravitated toward you was uh, just a blessing for I think everybody in the staff and for everybody, all the students, because they were really guided with your experience and how you connected with the campus. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, they, I mean they, they gravitated to you. <laughs> it was, I think I loved about our dynamics was that, you know, we can, we're the yin and the yang. Oh, absolutely, you know, absolutely. You the crazy outgoing <laughs> one, but yet you were the one, like, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and that it, but it worked. We just had this dynamic, like, I don't know how to explain. We just, we, like, literally, we're the yin and the yang. And we just were able to bring in these uh, kiddos and blow their minds in so many ways. Absolutely. And, I mean, they still, I know you have your group of kiddos that still talk to you. I have mine. And, you know, we just can advise them and still be great mentors oh. Oh, to them yeah. no matter how old they get. <laughs> Absolutely. I think uh, the great impact of TRIO is that it keeps us connected long after, right, that you right. quote-unquote complete the program. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy because, you know, I still, now that I work for the New Mexico Youth Challenge, um, I'm here in Roswell, like, you know, our cadets work closely with uh, the community college because we're just literally right next door to the mm-hmm. university. And, you know, me simply going and eating lunch in the cafeteria, I went into my old uh, director and uh, my old coordinator. She works with us, you know, with our cadets. And, you know, I just run up to them and I say hi and say, how are you doing? And, you know, it's just a warm up and hug. And they, they, they're so proud of me because they, they tell me the same stories that I see these kiddos. And, like, it's just mm-hmm. how the world is just going around and, you know, it's, it's, it's so amazing just to connect with individuals and seeing them grow. And so now I'm growing up and seeing my younger kiddos grow up, and it makes me proud. It awesome. really does. Awesome. So, Daniela, for the last part of this interview, I'm just going to ask you a couple that this last question is what inspired, what, what, what career path are you going to? I mean, I know you're currently a recruiter. You worked previously for the Upper Bound Program. Uh, you seem to work well socially with people. So what's next for you? What's what's uh, the path? What what does the future hold for Daniela Garcia? Well, I see myself, I, and I I enjoy working with teens. They're at risk or a, a minority, the ones that are not very looked at so much. I, I don't know how to this the great word to describe it, but... You know, I work, love working with these teams and this type of dynamic. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the next career move, I might make some pretty good. I uh, start looking into the future sometimes. Is being a juvenile probation officer. Oh, really? Wow. It, it, it is a huge change. But mm-hmm. I think if, you know, working with them uh, might help. You know, I'll, I'm not going to be that traditional. Like, I'll that traditional mold uh, probation officer. I'll, you know, I'll do what I need to do in that aspect, but then at the same time be a good mentor to them yeah. to introduce them, you know, new outlets 
you know, for them to be able to go, then set goals for themselves. You know, I don't right. know, you know, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of, I'm just being able to, me now currently working with some of the probation officers, um, it's introducing a new limelight and I don't know, they, they, I might actually, in the long run, I might go into becoming a juvenile probation officer. Wow. So Daniela, it looks like, again, do you just keep hitting every single milestone as a as a former TRIO alum? You're doing very well for yourself. I think you're among the many success of, uh, successful TRIO uh, stories that are out there. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, did you want to add more to what you were saying? No, I mean, uh, I think TRIO is just amazing. I mean, I can, I have met so many friends uh, throughout the United States and I think TRIO just in itself is, is the best thing out there that's ever been ever created. You know, I think um, it get, makes great connections with the different individuals and seeing them grow up and becoming successful in whatever they do. And, you know, just with a simple um, support system um, has make, makes huge changes in people's lives. I think is really neat. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think that TRIO continues changing, changing lives and that it continues impacting people in different ways, even from staff members all the way to students, even people that are not right. directly in, involved, right? Like um, the Council for Opportunity of Education and all those others that are, are still helping shape TRIO programs all across the, the nation. Yeah, of course, for sure. Like, I mean, it's everywhere and I... I love it that, you know, we're everywhere. Yeah. Um, I could, you know, call on a, a friend probably in Alabama or Arkansas and can say, hey, you know, right. have a kid interested in, you know, a program in your area. And they they walk on, they're like, this is what you need to do. And they welcome them with open arms. Absolutely. You yeah. know, and so even with the current job that I have, I mean, you know, uh, the EOC program comes in helps our cadets file for financial aid so which i mean i enjoy that it brings it makes me happy yeah and so but yeah all my staff knows that uh trio and i'm a great supporter because i have still upper band stuff all up in my office so <laughs> <laughs> they, they they enjoy it and you know some of our staff there at the youth challenge was were um former um staff trio staff and mm-hmm. they were directors or you know coordinators coordinators and you know they did transition out but they still utilize those resources um to help make these other type of programs grow yeah. and so which is awesome because it makes you know trio grow and be more resourceful oh absolutely absolutely yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that um, TRIO programs, whatever it is, if it's uh, an administration trying to cut or trying to boost, it's always needing that support uh, to continue the TRIO programs because they're so vital for first-generation low-income students and students with disabilities that it really kind of is that last line of defense for those students. Right, right. So, well, th- it's even, I think even for like the program that I work with now, I mean, I mm-hmm. work with at-risk um, teams that you know, might be at risk of dropping out of high school or yeah. have been involved with the legal system, you know, and a lot of times, you know, these um, young men and women, you know, don't have 
those resources with their families. I agree. So a yeah. lot of them are, they meet a lot of the criteria that, you know, TRIO offers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you know, we won't, I mean, our program is just, you know, six months, you know, there, but, and so the EOC does come in and help us out. And, and so the kiddos are introduced to that, especially those that might be going to college, they might transition hopefully into to support services and utilize mm-hmm. uh, their services to help them through their college career. Right, right. I agree. And, and especially everything that you just said about uh, trio programs and, and how they're very beneficial to students, especially with students that, uh, that are at risk. Some students, I, I know I follow, I fell under that category of, uh, I was at risk, you know, and I needed a second shot and I'm sure you felt the same way. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, they were just, I mean, if I didn't, I didn't have those women that, you know, were my great mentors when I was going through college, I, I, I can tell you now I would have, dropped out i would have dropped out halfway yeah. through because you know i mean there was a lot a lot of things going on at home and yeah. you know if i wasn't able to talk to them and them pushing me and telling me that no matter what is happening at home i still have to strive and you know and finish school and um, get extra help in you know some of those classes to catch back up and you know if it wasn't uh, for that staff those years that worked with me, I mean, I wouldn't have made it at all. And so I give them a bunch of kudos. So I thank them and then ended up becoming one of, you know, becoming one best friends with one of the staff members. She ends up being like a sister to me and, you know, she's been a great advocate for the student support services in Percalis. And, you know, but if it wasn't for them, I mean, I wouldn't have left. I would have left, and yeah. But they wouldn't let go of me. They said, "No, <laughs> you got to finish." Yeah, I want to see you walk down that stage, and and I said, "You know what? Yes, ma'am." And giving getting a hug from Subi and Estella during graduation, it was just amazing. Because like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have been finished college and and walked down that stage, and mm-hmm. you know now that I'm older and more mature, you know, just real, realizing all that work they did has, you know, I'm grateful for it because, you know, every day or if somebody asks me, you know, tree was always something I talk about all the time, even though yeah. it's not part of my job anymore, but, you know, I'm still a big advocate because, you know, I believe in it and mm-hmm. it's just um, an amazing program that keeps on giving, you know, that it's a giving program that never leaves and, I know you still talk about it, even though you're not with um, Trio anymore through the college or any through the college anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, this, this is the whole purpose of this podcast, right? Is just to bring okay. attention to the to Trio programs and to hopefully bring that message out. And with inspirational stories such as yours, it really helps bring that message home. Right. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing. Absolutely, Daniela. Um, and you, again, you yeah. sounded amazing. You were great. I know you were kind of nervous at the very beginning, but your story is sensational. It needs to be told. Um, so before we go, is there anything, any parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with the audience? Uh, don't give up. Just Even when you think everything is going against you, um, don't give up because there's a light at the end of the tunnel and just keep pushing yourself even though it's hard um you can do it it just 
I mean, it, it's going to be hard for a minute, but just at the end of the day, it's going to be so many, so beneficial to know that you didn't give up and you accomplished your goal and you can set and you go for yourself. So, yeah. Never very good. Up, pretty much. Those those are very inspirational words of wisdom, Daniela. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. You're welcome. Thank okay. you for having me. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. <laughs> and now for my closing thoughts. Trio stories are everywhere and in everyone. Whatever challenges you face know that there are people willing to reach out to you. It is never too late to start your own dreams. My hope is that these stories you hear will inspire you to take the first step and venture to a path of success. The podcast is taking a break next week. I am out for a conference. Let's Talk Trio will return with a new episode on May 30th. Remember to subscribe and share the podcast with your friends on social media. If you would like your organization to underwrite a segment of the program, get in touch with me via Facebook. Look up Let's Talk Trio and send me a message. There is no financial obligation for underwriting a segment of the episode. I'd like to acknowledge Roderick Chambers, our honorary co-host and advisor. I'd also like to acknowledge Scott Kendall, tech support and advisor. I would also like to give special recognition to bensound.com for the musical arrangements you heard today. 